how the heck do you grow your stream in 2020? And how the heck do you use your stream to grow all of your other content this year? We're going to dive deep into streaming and really using that to blow up all of your other platforms. Let's get right into it. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Stream Coach Podcast. Super excited to be here with you today. I just got back from Austin, Texas, where my partner Dylan uh, recorded his first two songs. I'm so proud of him. So this episode is going to be just kind of running off the energy from seeing him chase after something that he loves and crush through that fear that was really overwhelming him. I have just a little bit of housekeeping for you before we get started with the episode today. So in our last episode, I talked about how we were going to have a new episode that was going to be coming out every week that was essentially an AMA based off of the previous episode. And I asked you all to tweet at me or tag me in Instagram stories or uh, in tweets and just ask me a question about YouTube or streaming or whatever. And that episode is still coming because of the Austin trip. My content got a little bit behind. So that episode is going to be coming out next Monday. And then every Monday, you'll see just a second mini episode every week. So you're going to get this podcast twice a week now. You'll get the mini episode, which should be like 10 or 15 minutes on Mondays. And you'll get this episode, which should be around 45 minutes to maybe even up to an hour on Thursdays. And the goal is to have them there for you for your morning drive, even if you are on the East Coast. So (laughs) we'll see. I know the the timing is a little bit off with that right now, but we're going to be doing our best to get to that place where everyone has this podcast on Mondays and Thursdays for that morning drive to work. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how to use streaming, so live streaming to grow your live stream, but also how to use it to blow up your other content and just what is so special about live streaming that allows it to be so much more transformative versus something like a YouTube video or social media or whatever else, right? Something that I really want you to keep in mind as you're listening to this episode, I know a lot of you that listen to the show are streamers. And a lot of streamers right now are falling in love with YouTube or social or you're branching out to all of these other platforms because you hear from all of these people that you need to be diversifying. And while that is true, I think that for some of you, allowing yourself the permission to explore other places is going to show you that you should prioritize other platforms over streaming. And for some of you, it's just going to remind you that you love streaming so much more than anything else and you're never going to give it up. But Whenever you start diversifying in this way and creating all of this additional content, I really want you to just follow the thing that makes you feel the best. If it's streaming, you should follow that. If it's YouTube, you should follow that. If it's podcasting, you should follow that because the one thing that you can't teach someone to have is passion for a thing. And we can give you all of the information to blow up on any single platform. But if you really just hate streaming or if you hate YouTube or if you hate social, then you're never going to put in the energy that's really required in order to, to grow on those platforms. So that being said, let's go ahead and talk about streaming. Just remember that 
you can create wherever you want to create and whatever is passionate for you, just follow your joy. Okay, first off, what is streaming? (laughs) Most of us know this by now, but it is the live streaming component that exists on so many social platforms. It's all about being live with your audience and reading from a chat, connecting with them and being able to have that immediate connection with them versus something like a YouTube video, which is more produced and not It doesn't have that live component, that chat back and forth, or a podcast, which has way less than that. It has no uh, or very small ability to comment. By the way, if you haven't rated our show yet and you're listening on Stitcher or on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please leave a comment about our show. It helps us out in the algorithm so much and helps other people find it. But there is not that back and forth with a podcast. So Streaming is the best, best, best medium for growing trust. So anything that people can do to get closer to you and learn more about your personality. I'm like forgetting to breathe right now and I'm not sure why. (laughs) Anything that, uh, any way that people can use your personality and your, uh, the way that you actually react to things to get closer to you, to understand you more get to know more about who you are and what you do, the more trust it's going to generate. So obviously something like a podcast, the amount of trust that can happen here is pretty high because you get to hear so much of the personality, right? You get to hear who I am, how I respond to at least to my my topics that I've prepared, the different questions that I, I work with. But the thing is, you don't get to see how I respond to other people. You don't get to see my face. There's not a visual component to this at all. But if you take podcasting and then you add video on top of it, that's essentially a YouTube video, right? You get to see someone and you can see kind of how they react to comments. That's a thing with YouTube. YouTube really exposes you. It it will show people how you feel in the face of adversity, especially in the beginning, because your first few videos are going to suck and people are going to leave you negative comments and they can really get to you over time and burn you out or whatever happens. And streaming is the step up from that. So not only do you have the visual component, the auditory component, but you also have the live component. So you get to see in real time with zero cuts, zero anything, how someone reacts to something. It's amazing for growing trust with an audience. It is the number one thing that you can do to grow more trust. And this means it's really great for the people who are at the point in your journey where they need to have a ton of trust from you or be able to ask you questions while live. So traditionally, Twitch has really been used as a main content platform and and Mixer as well, I guess, as a main content platform for those of us who started as live streamers. And it's a great like introductory content for sure, because you immediately jump into this very personal experience with someone. But the problem with streaming is that it lacks context like a YouTube video can give you. In a YouTube video, you have storytelling, you have this ability to get that context of a person and why they share the things that they share, why they create the content that they create. And you can't get that context without hanging out in a stream for a long amount of time. Typically, some people are better at this than others. But the reason that 
this is important is because context is one part of the journey, but context just gives someone that introductory information that a potential viewer or customer needs in order to get clarity about your brand. People are really drawn towards clarity and away from confusion. And having something introductory like a YouTube video to give them that context is really, really important. But once someone has that context, what happens after that? What do they do in their journey with you? How do they pursue a relationship with you or your content or what you can do for them deeper? You want them to be able to get a good sense of who you are as a person, right? Because people don't do business with businesses. It's way more powerful if they do business with people. And so something that's really important is having live streaming as a part of your content strategy. But the thing is, so many of us streamers have been doing it backwards. We've been using streaming as the main way that someone gets introduced to us. And it's only just now that we're starting to think about the context that YouTube videos can give to us or that... Uh, deep dive ability that podcasts can give to us. So streaming is really for that trust development, that relationship development. It is not something that in your content strategy, in my opinion, should be first priority. I think giving someone context, right? The first, think about this. The first question that someone asks you when you meet them for the first time is, what do you do? Everyone asks for context first before they get to know you, before they can joke around with you, before they get to that level where they would even consider subscribing to you or buying your ebook or making any kind of financial purchase, which is going to lead to you being stable, you being able to pay the bills and going full time with this. So we have to think of streaming, I think, in a completely different way from the way that we've traditionally thought about it. And this way isn't necessarily for every single person. It's not going to work for every single situation. There are some people whose streaming is their strength and they should be prioritizing streaming as the first step in their content journey or their funnel, if you will, with their audience and potential audience. But there are a lot of people who would be way better at YouTube or podcasting or social media and streaming should be just a part of that content strategy. So it really just depends on what kind of person you are. And hopefully this episode and the previous episodes have helped you figure out what platform you are most excited about and the way that you want to maybe structure all of your content to affect a specific audience or even what platforms you want to be creating on. Because maybe after listening to the YouTube episode, you decided you'd rather be a YouTuber than a streamer. And that's totally okay. The thing is all the same opportunities are here for you, regardless if you stream on whatever platform, you can still have all the success, all the accolades, all the attention, all the community, regardless of if you're a YouTuber, a streamer, a social media person, a... (laughs) podcaster, whatever you want to do. It's really, like I said earlier, about pursuing that joy. So in my opinion, that's the way that streaming should be looked at now. And it's not the way that it has traditionally been looked at whenever we think of Twitch or Mixer. We prioritize those for a long time. We romanticize those platforms for so long. And now we're at the point where we have choices and we realize that we do. And I think 
the big thing that I want to do with this podcast is just allow y'all to have that space and to have that power to make the decisions for yourself and realize you don't have to be tied down to one platform if you don't want to. Streaming is also a lot different (laughs) from whenever I first started in 2013. It was very, it was so easy to grow in 2013 and not that I was able to because I played a really bad game, but if I had all of the knowledge that I have now and I took it back to 2013, guarantee you it would have been bananas if I had the same mindset, the same everything, being able to to blow up on Twitch in 2013 would have been so easy. Ah, oh, I'm so jealous of everyone that got started back then that really had this self-awareness because that's really what being a great content creator takes. Having that self-awareness in 2013 to know what you needed to do to grow a channel oh man, would have been magical. (laughs) But the difference now is that Twitch has attracted a lot more people. Obviously, it's way more competitive. There are a lot more people too who have grown their self-awareness of what they can offer and how to offer it and how to structure YouTube videos, podcasts, streams, how to have an entire content strategy, how to make money so that they don't have to worry about having all of this income through their content and they can just make it. And because those people aren't doing this uh, with a nine to five job, they have this huge advantage versus the average person who has a nine to five, uh, like a lot of you do, and is struggling to go full time with it, like a lot of you are. But we're going to talk about different monetization strategies later and how to build up the business side. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. But Twitch is very different from how it was in 2013. And so I think all this information that we're going to talk about today is really important because we want you to have all the information that you could possibly have in order to blow it the heck up. So we also need to talk about gear and what your stream should look like. So this is aesthetic and design. With gear... I actually specifically do not talk about gear or graphics on YouTube, and there is a reason for this. I I have a reason for this, okay, because I'm sure a lot of you are like, Ashney, why? It's super important, and it is, but it's important for a different reason than you think. You don't need to have the best gear. You don't need to have these amazing graphics in order to grow as a streamer. When I got partnered, I was still streaming from my laptop I streamed on wireless, (laughs) wireless internet for the first couple of weeks, and it was a total slideshow, but we still had 60 average viewers. And whenever I got partnered, everything was still terrible. Like if I could show you the graphics and the everything that we got partnered with, you would not believe it. It would blow your mind because so many other YouTube channels and educators are teaching you about gear and about design and These things are important, but only because they grow your confidence in your broadcast. So you can have absolute trash gear, trash design, and still get partnered if you are a confident person with personality. Nobody wants to watch a stream that is beautiful, but the the streamer is a total wet noodle, right? Like if you're super boring on camera, nobody's going to want to watch you just because you have a good camera. 
So it's really important that you approach streaming from the perspective of learning how to be more dynamic and interesting and entertaining and helpful for people versus just having a good setup and having a good graph, having good graphics. Because those two things are great, but only in terms of you basically giving yourself permission to create better content because of those things. So when you have that confidence, you start to do the things that create success for yourself. You start to improve your personality on stream because you just believe in yourself more. You don't have to have those things to believe in yourself. So let's talk about what or how how to grow your stream, actually. How to grow your stream. Because this is another thing that, oh my gosh, if I could just make a YouTube video every single day that's called how to grow your Twitch stream in 2020, I guarantee you I would have the biggest YouTube channel in the freaking world. (laughs) But it's just, it gets to be such a played out topic, doesn't it? But how to grow your stream is something that is really, really important because we all want to grow our channels. We want to reach as many people as we can and have the most impact that we possibly can have on people. And I think the perspective that a lot of people approach this with is I'm just going to hit go live. I'm just going to start streaming and I am going to accept anyone who shows up because whoever shows up, thank you so much. You're giving a plus one to my viewership. But I truly believe that this is backwards. Whenever we start to appeal or attempt to appeal to everyone, we actually end up appealing to no one. And so something that's super important in this next wave of growing streamers is trying to approach Twitch from a completely different strategy, right? I think mostly gone are the days where you could just play video games and not have just chatting, not give anyone context, not create content anywhere else, and just grow your stream. It's so difficult now to stand out as a game streamer, especially variety game streamer on Twitch, when there are literally millions of other people doing that exact same thing. And so the future successful creators of the platform are creators who can make themselves stand out in some way. For some of you, that's going to mean social media. Some of you, that'll mean YouTube. Some of you, that will mean you have this crazy, hilarious personality and you make great tweets and streamer Twitter loves you. But I think for a lot of us, we need something a little bit more than that because maybe in the beginning, we aren't great at learning how, or we're not great at making people love us whenever we just get started. We don't know really how to create great content for this like nebulous quote unquote anyone that we want to allow in our community because we don't know what they want. We don't know what their problems are. So in order to grow your stream, I really believe it's choosing an audience first. It's how do I pick a group of people and then make a stream experience exactly for that person because Whenever you pick out a group of people, and it can be any group, it can really be anyone, you are going to learn how to make content for those people in a much more concise way that's going to make more sense for you. Because if you approach content creation with the intention to impress everyone, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to find your tribe, to find that group of people who are really going to appreciate you. But if you say to the world, hey, I'm here to 
help streamers. I'm here to help the deaf and hard of hearing community. I'm here to help people who uh, love hitchhiking. That is a completely different package that you're presenting to the world of Twitch. And you're much more memorable whenever you pick a group and you announce to everyone that that's the people that you're helping versus, oh, I'm just another variety streamer, right? It allows you to stick out. And I'm also not saying here that you're not going to attract people outside of this group. It's very difficult to choose a specific group of people if you think that you're just going to to prevent anyone outside of that group from joining your community. But that's just not true. You can absolutely attract people outside of that group based on your personality, the games that you play, the content that you make. People's interests change all the time. You have no idea. It's just the the focus that you need to give yourself, especially in the beginning, to learn what good content is. So you stream for a specific audience, and that really helps you find your niche. Everything starts with choosing a group of people to help. But what should your goals be? How do you know that you're doing well, right? And I think a lot of us, we focus on follow numbers, sub numbers, and obviously these metrics are good. I'm not going to say don't pay attention to the numbers because the numbers are, are important. They teach you what's working and what isn't working. If you have 100 followers, your social equity is much lower than someone who has 100,000, right? And the proof, the social proof that someone with 100,000 has is much different versus someone who has 100. So the numbers definitely matter, but should they be a goal? I think you can have those goals, but they should be more community goals. They should be something that you and your community celebrate reaching a milestone together. And the things that you should actually be focusing on is engagement. How do I get more people to be active in my Discord? How do I get more people to join me in this challenge? How do I get more people to uh, talk to me in my chat? Those are the things that are way, 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 way more important versus a follow number because all of those numbers, they come over time, but you can't force someone to follow you if they come in and they see a completely unengaged streamer, completely unengaged chat, they're not going to follow you, right? Why would they? There's nothing of value there for them. And so it's all about figuring out how to get people to engage with you and how you as a human being can be more compelling, which doesn't mean you have to be sexy. You have to be attractive. You have to uh, be super entertaining and funny and hilarious. It doesn't mean you have to have this really crazy, outgoing, vivacious personality. You can have a very introverted personality and still get follows and still grow an amazing channel because you're still streaming for a specific group of people or people are really bought in to your story. All right, next is how much should you stream and how important is consistency? So now that we're at the point where we kind of know who we want to stream for and we know what good goals look like and what kind of gear we should have, this means like actually getting started, right? At this point, we're thinking about streaming and we're thinking about consistency and how it fits into our overall content strategy. So this is really going to be different for everyone. If you are someone who is making YouTube videos and 
podcasts and you have this crazy amount of content that you're creating everywhere, you should not be streaming a lot. So those are the types of people where I usually recommend like two or three days a week for like at least three hours at a time. A little bit more is is better, obviously. But there are also people who their main focus is their stream. And so those those people should be streaming four or five days a week. It really depends on what your strengths are and where you eventually want to end up. But the important thing here is you still think about diversity if you want streaming to be a huge part of your strategy. Because the problem with streaming platforms is the discoverability is terrible. So we have to think about how are people finding us. And we'll talk about it a little bit later. We'll talk about positioning and how you can get more people from Twitch into your stream. But you need to also think about outside of Twitch because there's a lot of opportunity in the other content landscapes that exist for you. And you might enjoy something else better if you just challenge yourself a little bit to try it out. So how much did you stream really just depends. You can stream one day a week. You can stream seven days a week. There are specific cases where each one of those is the right choice. For me, with where I'm at right now, because I'm prioritizing being hella consistent with this podcast, very consistent with YouTube, and we've got uh, Dream Stream Academy, Stream Coach Academy, our six-week program is going on. I am prioritizing the content that is more likely to be watched by people regardless if they show up on time or not. So a thing with streaming is you have to be there when the streamer is live or there's really no value for you to receive. So this is another reason why diversification is important because you want to be in front of people whenever they want you to be. You want to have that opportunity available for them so that you can grow your community, grow your content, etc. And that's why having a podcast or having a YouTube channel is really helpful. And something that is really important is thinking of, you know, how often you want to be involved on all of these platforms. So for the position that I'm at, because I've got everything else going on right now, I'm technically not streaming right now, but if I was, it would be one day a week, one day a week for probably like two or three hours. But I would repurpose that content onto social media. I would repurpose it for the streams and I would I wouldn't repurpose it for these podcasts because I like these to feel like we're sitting down and talking, but I would repurpose it for all of that other content. And I would specifically look at the content that I had planned that was coming up and I would do whatever I had to do during the streams to improve those pieces, if that makes sense. So if I had a YouTube video coming out about how to grow from one to 100 viewers, I would talk about that during the actual stream. And I would think in that YouTube video, I'd script it all out and say, okay, where is a cool place for me to inject something that I did during the stream that could articulate one of these points really well to get someone to this 100 viewer um, goal that I'm talking about during this video. So there are ways to repurpose the content that can make your streams a little bit more stretched out. It's just having the planning ahead of time that really matters. But that would be my strategy. If I was doing it right now, I would stream one day a week and I would repurpose the freaking crap out of it because I don't have time to stream five days a week. As much as I love streaming, I know that the value that I'm getting off these other platforms is more important right now. 
but I would make sure that that one day a week was on time and on a specific day. So it'd probably be like Friday at 3 central time or 4 p.m. central time, something around then. So that way I could make sure that people know Ashley's only live once a week. I have to go see her at this time. And they could know if they were going to miss it or if they missed the last one. I think having that knowledge of the content or the time that you're going to be live is really important for your community until you get to a certain point. Whenever you're a growing streamer, you need to do everything that you possibly can to improve your odds, even 0.1%. And if consistency is something that helps, even if it's 0.1%, it's still an important 0.1% because you do that and you do all of the other things that are going to add up and you're going to have a 50% more likely chance of getting partnered because you have all of these additional tools and strategies that you're using. So for some of you, it's not going to be something that is super important. It's going to be maybe you're live like six days a week. The consistency for you is still there because you're still live six days a week, but it's at different times and that might be okay. That might work out for your community versus someone like me who is not very consistent every single day, but is consistent with the timing, right? So Having your own version of consistency and figuring out what that is, super important. I personally believe that having a schedule is really helpful for your community, but by no means is it an end-all, be-all for your success. Now, what kind of content should you stream? A lot of us say we're a variety streamer and we are like mental health oriented or we're like we add on all these, these extra tags to it to kind of like incite interest from people, but really it comes down to content and how can we make the content the absolute best? Should you be a variety streamer? Should you not? That's a huge question that I get. Let me tell y'all, you can be any kind of streamer that you want and still grow in 2020, hands down, and for the next year, and for the next year, and for the next year. You don't have to stream just one game over and over and over. If you're doing that right now and it's making you absolutely miserable, let me give you permission right now to stop because you don't have to do that. However, if you're not going to be consistent with your game, once again, it goes back to consistency. You have to be consistent with getting yourself out there and being discoverable somewhere else. So that means if you want to be true variety, it's going to be a lot easier for you to be variety if you have a level of discoverability that is consistent. And that might mean YouTube or a podcast some other kind of macro content that's going to get you in front of more people. In terms of what the content should actually do for people, it really comes down to four different things. The one that all of you have heard before is you should entertain, right? It should always be entertaining for people. Some of us are not that funny. (laughs) Some of us just don't have that like entertaining personality, but that doesn't mean that you're just SOL. That doesn't mean that you can't be a successful streamer still. So entertainment, but you've also got education. There's a reason that I educate versus just trying to make everyone laugh at a bunch of jokes because it's too ambiguous. I don't know how to, I don't know how to do that. So education is a huge piece. Maybe you can teach people about something that hasn't been taught a ton before. Maybe you can teach people about something while you're live 
that no one else has taught about while live before, but there's still maybe a healthy YouTube community or a big subreddit over it. And that's an even bigger signal that they need some kind of live streamer talking about that topic. There is also inspiration, motivational content. Think about literally anything Gary Vee does. He's all about motivation. He might teach you, but his biggest reason for what he does is to motivate you to get up off your butt and to do the thing. And that still has value for streamers. How cool would it be to have some kind of motivational streamer that stands up and just yells at you to go do the thing? (laughs) like preparing someone who prepares motivational speeches for every stream. They stream like three days a week. They make a YouTube video a week. And then maybe they even have like a short motivational podcast. That could be a content creator that I see doing really well, just because that value isn't really being served on the platform much yet. And then the fourth value, the fourth um, value that you can bring to your content is connection. And this is all about the relationship piece. So this is really naturally going to happen on uh, streams and in streaming platforms because you have that level of, um, uh, oh my gosh, what's <laughs> that level of exposure, right? You have, you're kind of like exposing your real personality, your real self to people, which as we said earlier, generates more trust. And so connection really happens naturally, but if you can turn from being someone who just kind of responds to the people in their chat and you can become someone who can remember what everyone is doing and what's going on in everyone's life, which you totally can. If you have small viewer, small viewership numbers, you should be doing this anyways. Think about the person who, uh, just told you that they're, they're deciding to lose 50 pounds And then this other person said that uh, they just started training to be a personal trainer. How awesome would it be for you to connect those people? Because they each need the other individual, and now you get seen as the connector. Connection is huge, and we really take it for granted. We just always expect it to happen naturally on live streaming platforms, but we can also be the architect of connecting our communities so that the people aren't just drawn to us, but they're also drawn to each other. I think a big thing here is that when we hear about what kind of content should we stream, we think like, what is content anyways? What even is that? Content is any piece that you make online that is consumable so someone can read it, listen to it, watch it, anything, smell it, (laughs) but it has the intention to transform someone in some way. You could be transforming their boredom into uh, entertainment. You could be transforming their lack of knowledge into knowledge. It's specifically meant to give people value in some very specific way. So if you just turn on a stream and you're just playing video games and you're not thinking about how you can connect people or you're not thinking about how you can teach someone something, it's likely that you're not really creating content because just making a YouTube video, just making a a tweet, just making something doesn't mean that it's content, right? There's a big difference between what a content creator makes versus what your average person on Instagram is making. Content creators and average users have a a huge difference in, like I said, in what they create. So we've talked about some high-level stuff with streaming, like what it is, what, what it's for, and 
what content actually is, but it's time to drill down into the actual way that you present yourself and the way that you actually make content. First off, what kind of titles are good for your stream? This really depends on your style. Your title is an extension of your brand. So for some of you, it's going to be really witty. For some of you, it's just going to be game oriented. I like to use this as a way to um, have you all implement my question of the day strategy. So if you haven't heard of this before, the question of the day strategy is uh, a strategy that I've taught to a lot of the people who've come into my stream or a lot of my clients who are really struggling with getting their chat to talk more. And the way that it works is you choose a question of the day. It can literally be anything, but once again, you want it to be an extension of your brand. You want it to make sense for the types of conversations that you would be having in your stream. It might be really meme It might be really deep, whatever feels right for you. Then you take that question, you make it the title of your stream, and then you also make sure that you ask every single person who comes into your stream during that stream <laughs> that question. So for a lot of you, you're going to get people who see that question, they've never been to your stream, and they come into your stream for the first time, and the first thing they say in chat is the answer to that question. But you're also going to have people who come in and they just say hi, and this is a really easy way for you to immediately start a conversation with them. They say hi, and you say, hey, what's your favorite color? Now, this is also really good because it gets your community to know each other. It's not just about you generating more chat. It's about you allowing people to get to know everyone. Let's say that one of your regulars come in and they say that their favorite color is blue. And then an hour later, a new person comes in and they say that their favorite color is blue. Well, that new person now has something in common with one of your regulars, and they can both have that conversation of, oh, me too. Oh, really? Why is your favorite color blue? Oh, I really like this guy. I know this is a super lame example. This is so dumb, but it does make sense, and it does work to not only get more people talking, but also get your community to feel more involved with each other and, and more knowledgeable about who each other is. So those are the, that's the kind of title that I personally would recommend you to use, especially if you're struggling with getting more chat or getting people to know each other. That's a really good place to start. But good positioning is the second place to start. So if you're not diversified, if you don't have a ton of content right now, you really need to use positioning to your advantage because... A lot of you, you don't have YouTube videos, you don't have podcasts, you don't have any other content. No one is finding you anywhere. The only place that they're finding you is your stream. Yet you're streaming Sea of Thieves or you're streaming um, Fortnite. You're streaming some huge game that everyone is playing and you're buried at the bottom of the directory. And once again, no one can find you. So you're going to improve your chances of being found times 100 if you just make sure that with your average viewer numbers, you can appear in the top two or three rows of the game that you're actually playing. If you can appear as the top streamer, that's even better. For some of you who are at 20, 30, 40, 50 average viewers, this is going to open up a lot of titles for you. This means you're going to be able to play a lot of different games. But for those of you who are struggling with viewership and you're at 2, 3, 4, 5, 10, it's going to mean that you are limited a little bit in your or in your yeah, in your game experience and what games you can actually play and still be found. 
But regardless of what games are available to you, you always need to think about discoverability and you need to have some kind of plan in place for your stream to be found. It might mean that you are creating content and you're diversified on other platforms. It might mean that Twitch is your only thing, but you have a really good rating system where you have like five to 10 friends and you all only raid each other. Whatever that looks like for you, you need some kind of plan for it. But either way, good positioning is going to help you stand out and be found. And when you do get found, what happens, right? The first interaction that someone has with you is really important. And the way that you present yourself is going to give that first impression to your potential viewer. So this comes down to the way that you look, the way that you dress, the way that you act, what you're doing during your stream. Are you swearing? Are you not? Everything. I'm a big believer in dressing for the job that you want. (laughs) And so even though a full-time streamer, I mean, for most of us would probably just wear a t-shirt and like no pants. (laughs) It's really important that you think about value, right? And something that can be valuable is the way that you will look. We give a lot of hate to sexy streamers. Like we hate on people if they are physically attractive But the thing is, it's still a value and it's still giving people something because watching someone who is who has put a little bit more effort into their appearance is way more therapeutic and interesting versus watching someone who just kind of rolled out of bed and didn't even try. That's not to say that you should always dress to the nines or that you can't look like you are authentic. (laughs) Let's just authentic that with no makeup and your hair is all crazy. But you do want to think about how the visual person that you're presenting to the world is going to impact your brand. Let me tell you right now, there are some huge, huge, huge streamers where they focus on being the luxury, right? Like they are the Ferrari of the streaming world and they dress as if they are the Ferrari. They're always dolled up. They always have great hair, great makeup. Like they look great. Um, Or for the guy's side, like they actually, Anthony Kongfin, right? (laughs) They just always look attractive and like they've tried because they want to be that type of brand for sponsors and for their community. And there are other people like maybe Shroud is a good example. I don't know where They don't really put a ton of effort into their appearance, but that's for a specific reason. I don't actually think his was for a specific reason. I don't think he put thought into it, but his appearance does attract a specific type of person that he relates to, right? His appearance is relatable versus someone else who's trying to be luxury. So you do want to consider how the clothes that you wear, the way that you dress can impact people's perception of you. Also, do you swear or do you not? It really depends on what type of people you want to attract. If I am a person who's talking about streamer education, I probably don't want to swear because I want to make sure that my audience is as, or my content is as available to my audience as possible. And for some people, they listen to this in the car with their kids, or they watch YouTube videos or my streams with their families, and they don't want their children to be around like bad words. So as much as a a sailor mouth as I have, I definitely tone it down and turn it off 
for content specifically for that reason, because it makes my content more digestible and consumable for those people. But that might not be true for you. Your goal might be relatability and you might want to go after a very specific group of people who are very vulgar, really into beer and motorcycles and drink like that might be your thing. And that choice of should I swear or should I not is a brand choice for you. So think about that and the way that you present yourself, the way that you talk, the things that you talk about, everything is an extension of who you want to serve and what your your brand is going to do for people and try to be strategic about the choices that you make. Next, we need to talk about what do you do before and after every stream, right? So when we're actually streaming, we know the way that we should position ourselves and present ourselves, but do I just click go live and then that's it? Do I just end the stream and then that's it? Obviously not. Most of us know this. So people need to know that you're live. This is a debatable strategy, but I do think tweeting out your stream when you're live and posting on Instagram is a really great uh, thing to do. I think it's really important. There's also uh, other things that you can do. If you have a podcast or you have a YouTube channel, you can create a short like two-minute podcast episode that says, hey, we're live on Twitch right now. Come and hang out. Or you can make a Uh, People used to do this back in the day. I don't think they do it as much anymore, but you can make a really short YouTube video that says, hey, we're live on Twitch and then leaves a link. I'm pretty sure, like 90% positive, that YouTube doesn't let you do that anymore and you can actually get in trouble for that. But there are plenty of people who go live on YouTube for the first like 30 minutes and then tell everyone to go to Twitch and to continue watching over on Twitch. So those are a couple of things that you should do, but you should also prepare your content beforehand. Know what kind of value you're giving to people. Is it educational? Are you doing a more entertainment-based stream? What do you want to do with the stream and have all of the stuff prepared for it? Planning out your streams ahead of time definitely makes them way, way, way better, a million times better versus just like being completely flying completely off the handle and doing whatever you want. There will be some times where that's the right choice and you really need to have those streams as part of your strategy, but planning out the content is really important to you and can lead to better results for the people that you are streaming for. Um, That's about it for your pre-stream. There's a lot of other stuff that we can go into, but there's that's really like nitty gritty stuff that... Maybe I'll make some kind of like YouTube checklist or some kind of like stream checklist or I don't know. We'll see what happens. Then the next is after stream. So how do we take our stream and promote it even more? One is you can take clips that your audience clipped from your stream or you can clip them yourself and share them on social media. You can take those pieces from your stream that you prepared for a YouTube video or for a podcast episode, and you can throw those up in the YouTube, or you can throw those up in the YouTube video or in the podcast episode. Um, you can take clips and post them on social. You can share more stuff in your Discord. It's really important that you share about your stream elsewhere. And all of these other platforms that you're building yourself up, you want to make sure that people don't just know that you stream, but they also have an example of it. Because the thing is, a lot of us, we just want to alert people, hey, I do this thing instead of giving them like a trial, 
right? It's always more likely that you're going to buy the chips at the grocery store if you get to taste them first. There's a reason that they have freebies and samples out everywhere. I will eat some meatballs from H-E-B and then I'll buy the heckin' meatballs because they were so freaking good. But if I don't get to try them, am I likely to buy them? Probably not because I mostly eat vegetarian at home anyways. (laughs) So knowing how to give people that little trial of your stream can be really helpful and give them a lot more sense of, hey, I know that I'm going to be getting something good if I go and watch this, so I have to show up the next time. There have also been a lot of people who have blown up on social media just because they shared clips from their stream. How many times have you seen that stuff happen on Twitter? It's wild. Happens all the time. You could be the next one. Of course, it has to be good, though. Has to be fresh for sure. Now, what kinds of things should you do during every stream? We talked earlier about how YouTube is great for building a narrative, giving people context, sharing your story, and getting people involved in your journey. But there is a way to do this while you're streaming too. And I don't see this done nearly enough because as I said, that context is important. So sharing your story while you're live and just giving people a shortened version of that to give them that context that they didn't, maybe they didn't know that you made YouTube videos or you had podcasts where you gave them the entire story of how you ended up as a streamer, but they still need to have that story because they're drawn towards clarity and away from confusion. So sharing your story, maybe you just got a raid. Maybe you just got a new follower. Maybe you just haven't said it in like 20 minutes and you know you need to say it again. And you might think, oh, if I share my story too much, the people that have been there are going to get tired of it. It can work the exact opposite as long as you know that your story is good and helpful for people. There have been people in my stream who have been in there every single stream for a year straight. And any time that I told my story, they were so about it because it made them feel fired up. And it can also be a piece that you use for engagement. So if you say, uh, if someone new comes in or maybe you get a raid and you're in the middle of this really hard boss fight, or maybe you just don't feel like sharing it because you're bored of it right now. Maybe you're a little, a little tired of saying the heckin' story 10 times during a stream. That's totally okay. You can tell your community Hey, y'all, I know some of you have been here for so long. Let's do a little test here. Let's see what happens. Can you tell our raiders who I am? What's my story? And then watch as everyone types it out because they want to prove that they're the one who has been there longer than anyone else. They want to prove that they are more knowledgeable than anyone else in the space. I guarantee you, you will get people that will just go crazy because of that. So you can use that to your advantage for sure. Another thing that's really important is something that a lot of us are really afraid to do, and that's asking for what we want. So if you are looking to get more subscribers, get more followers, have people from your stream listen to your podcast or watch your YouTube videos, literally all you have to do is say, hey, go do this thing. You are constantly giving value during your stream. You're just you're providing a space that people didn't have otherwise. You are forging connections between your community. You're doing so much for people. 
And it's okay for you to ask for a little value in return. In fact, this is why subs happen and bits happen and tips happen is because they're repaying you for the value that you've already given them. There's this, uh, there's this social law called the law of reciprocity. And it's this idea that human beings want to reciprocate on what they receive. So if you, uh, let's say you're walking by uh, someone in the street in New York City and they hand you a flyer and they're, oh no, actually they hand you a CD. They hand you a CD, they start talking to you and you look it over and you're like, wow, yeah, yeah, this is cool. And then they're like, yeah, it's only $5. There's a reason that people will put something physically in your hands whenever they are trying to get you to purchase something, especially people who are on the street, because they know due to this law of reciprocity that people are more likely to pay for the thing if they already have it, if they've already been given something and they've already been given time and attention. And we all kind of hate when they do this, right? But it's the same concept. It's just applied differently in streaming. People don't hate when you ask for them to go watch your YouTube video or you ask for them to follow because they've already received so much and they're not being tricked into anything. There's a difference between kind of handing someone a CD and talking to them as if they're going to get it for free versus just hanging out with someone in their space and uh, asking or having someone hang out with you in your space and asking them to click a follow button, which is completely free and takes like two seconds. The amount of effort that each situation requires and is asking for is completely different. And you've already given a hundred times more effort during the streaming side because Once again, it goes back to trust and relationship building. You're already growing trust with someone. You're already building a relationship with them versus the person who's just handing this, putting the CD in your hands. They don't know you. They don't know who you are. They don't know what you're doing with your day. But if they had, had asked like, hey, where are you going? What's going on? Like, what's happening with you? Oh, cool. Yeah, actually, I think this CD would be really good for you. It talks about this, this, and this. You'd be way more likely to buy it versus... Uh, versus the person who is just like forcing you, right? It's all about giving them something. So Gary Vee has a strategy. It's called jab, 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 right hook. It's essentially give, 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 ask. But you always have to ask for what you want. Otherwise, you're just not going to get it. Go out there, create opportunities for yourself, baby. Another thing too is sharing your opinions. I know this was something that was super scary for me because Streaming makes you feel really vulnerable. People can hate you for the way that you move your face. (laughs) They can judge you for the way that you look or what you do or what you talk about. I mean, you're putting yourself out there live on the internet. And another thing that's really difficult about that is that it's not like a mean YouTube comment where you can just delete it or you can not let it affect your next YouTube video because it's not live. But when you get mean comments while you're live, people have to see how you react to that. And that can make you feel very vulnerable. But sharing your opinions and sharing your beliefs helps the right people to align with you. And if you don't tell people what you stand for, they can never stand behind you. You have to share the things that you believe in because that makes people kind of personify their beliefs, right? If I say that I stand for stream coaching and I believe that entrepreneurship and streaming building streamers building businesses is a really powerful, important thing, I'm going to get people to 
align with me and to believe in me because I personify that belief to them. And my success as a streamer, they feel is directly tied to the success of that idea. So if you can take that idea and run with it and think about how your success as a streamer equals the success of the deaf and hard of hearing community, or your success as a streamer equals the success of environmental awareness and activism. If you can tie yourself to a belief system, the people who believe the same thing are going to align themselves with you. And it's going to make it really easy for the people who aren't into that to say, nope, this stream is not for me. And that's actually what you want. Okay, next. When should you LLC it? business stuff. How do you monetize this? Let's get into the depths of the depths here. Should you LLC your stream? I'm not a tax professional. Okay. I did not go to school for this. All I can tell you is the advice that I received, which is that you are fine as a sole proprietor until you need protection from your personal finances versus your stream and content creator finances. So there's generally two options here. You've got a sole proprietorship and an LLC. A sole proprietor is whenever there is one person, you're the owner of the business, but it doesn't give you any protection from personal liability for any business debts. So if you take out a credit card for your stream and you rack up a $5,000 debt for that, your personal assets can still be used in order to pay off that debt essentially. And an LLC is going to give you a separation of that. So your personal finances, your personal assets and everything are separate from any debts that your content creator business accrues. It also protects you against lawsuits. So if someone sues Ashley Christ, the streamer LLC, that's very different from if they sue my personal name, me, human being. Um, Having an LLC also allows you to get investors. So if you want to raise money for your stream, and there's usually not any like tax advantages between LLC and sole proprietor, but it really just depends on the state. And once again, I'm not a tax advisor, so this could be completely wrong for your situation. This is just for my situation. I don't really need a sole proprietor and you typically don't need an LLC until you become a very, very, very big streamer. But like I said, it could be completely different based on your situation. We also need to talk about monetization, making money. Something that's really, really huge is managing the money that you have made from your stream and versus like your personal finances. So whenever you do your taxes as a streamer, especially for the U.S., it's typically good for you to save about 30% of the income that you get from everywhere. Your stream, your YouTube, your literally any money that you make online, saving 30% of that, 40% of that or so, so that you can pay your taxes come tax time is really, really important. So that way you don't owe a bunch of back taxes that you haven't saved for. And generally the way that streamers do this is 
they have their money just go into their normal personal bank account. And so during tax time, whenever you have to get your streamer income and see all of the purchases that you've made, all of that, whenever you have all those finances intermixed into your main bank account, you've got everything together. You have that time you went to Denny's, the time you bought six bottles of wine mixed in with all of your Twitch paychecks, that new computer that you bought for your stream, all your business expenses. And so it makes taxes way more difficult versus if you just had a separate bank account for your content creator persona, right? For that business. So I actually partnered up with Bank Novo recently, and this is the coolest partnership that I've ever done. This is hands down the best company, the most aligned company that I have ever worked with because I've searched for years for a bank account that was uh, a business bank account that would give me the FDIC protection and all of the additional like business or perks that you get from having a business account. I've searched for a free one forever and there hasn't been one. They've all been paid in some way or they have minimums like $1,500 minimums, $2,000 minimums. And sometimes I don't have that much money in my account. Some people do, but it really just depends on how you move your money around and all of that. And so they emailed me recently and they asked for us to work together because they were so aligned. I was like, heck yes. And I really believe every single streamer needs this bank account because it's a completely free business bank account, y'all, 100% free. There's no minimums. There's no uh, ATM fees. There's no, there's nothing, nothing like the best bank account. If you've used Chime, they actually use a model that's pretty similar to Chime. It's this online bank that basically it doesn't have any overdraft fees. It gives you all these additional perks that traditional banks don't, and you can absolutely knock it out of the park with this bank account. The biggest thing really is that it's just going to keep your content creator income separate from your personal income so that you can use the single account for all of your business expenses, which means if you are going to conventions, if you buy anything for your stream, if you are a full-time streamer and you buy lunch, if you have um, a, like anything, anything that you buy for your stream that you can say, hey, this is actually for my business, you can put into this bank account as your expenses, right? And that helps you with tax time as well. So you don't have to keep track of all these crazy receipts and you can see the actual amount of income that you made. And then you just pay yourself whatever you want to pay yourself from this business bank account while you're also keeping 30% of the income inside of it. So you can get uh, the application for this if you go to bit.ly slash Ashney X Novo, the A and the N are capitalized. So it's capital A, Ashney, lowercase x, capital N, Novo. It's so good. I hope that y'all love this. I know I've been talking about this for like three minutes now and you're probably like, shut up, girl. I get it. But I really, really believe in it. And I know it's helpful for every single streamer. Otherwise, I wouldn't be talking about this. But how do you actually make money to put in that bank account? So we've got subs, bits, tips, etc. We can get more subs by simply asking for it. 
we can make people feel like they're a bigger part of the group and remind them that they are supporting the content and then just make sure that the content is really, really good. Because whenever you do something cool or funny or interesting, people are way more likely to subscribe for that. So that's how you really get like subs, bits, tips, all that kind of stuff. But there are better ways to monetize your content. And I really think not relying on your community, especially if you're a smaller creator and you don't have a very large community, is super important, especially for those of you who are diversifying. You need to think about having a decentralized monetization strategy. A centralized monetization strategy means that you are only paid whenever you're on that central platform. So with Twitch, you have a centralized monetization strategy if you rely on subs, bits, tips. With YouTube, you have a centralized monetization strategy if you rely on AdSense. But if you can create one product and sell it everywhere, you're decentralized. That means that you have the power because you own the product, you created it, you have 100% of the profits, you get to decide how it's marketed, how it's sold, when and where it's sold, and you don't have to rely on sponsorships, someone else's product being good, someone else's customer service being good. It gives you a lot more control and you make much more money, okay? My ebook has recently crossed $20,000 and it's been out less than a year. Now, some of you are going to be like, oh, but Ashney, you are a big streamer. I'm not even a big streamer, y'all. Like you're a bigger streamer than I am and you've got this YouTube channel and blah, blah, blah. But I didn't sell this book at all. All of the sales for this book came from referrals except for the first couple of months whenever I was actually promoting it. But other than that, I haven't really done any of the sales except for just mentioning it sometimes in YouTube videos. I have barely talked about this thing and not nearly enough to feel like it was $20,000 worthy. So something that you might consider is how can you make some kind of introductory product that makes sense for your brand and for your community? If you're educating people, I mean, I made a a $27 ebook. Um, I mean, I I act like that's a totally different ebook from the ebook that I was just talking about. But no, the whole thing was $27. (laughs) I sold it everywhere. And it amounted to that level of success. Even when I wasn't streaming, it was still selling. Whenever I was asleep, it was still selling. And I didn't have to show up to the stream every single day in order to pay my bills. This meant that I could take time off. And I don't even have to stream now to be able to pay my bills. So I can take as much time away as I want and still be able to pay everything because of this monetization strategy. And I know all of y'all are getting into YouTube and I've been talking about y'all need to get into YouTube for like the last two years. Eventually we'll hop on the train about monetization someday once we see more success stories with this other than just mine. But I promise you, eventually this is going to be something in the streaming community that people are like totally used to and this is a, a normal strategy. But think about monetization a little bit deeper than you have. We'll talk about it in an upcoming episode. We have to talk about how streaming works to promote everything else. How is streaming going to support my Instagram, my Twitter, my YouTube, my, I was about to say my Twitch, which is just (laughs) my business. The number one thing remember once again, that your stream is going to grow is trust with your audience. And if you can prove to them during a stream that you are helpful, that you connect them, that you can entertain them, they'll be way more likely to consume anything anywhere because you've already proven it to them. 
You've already proven that you can do the thing. So if you publish a new YouTube video about how to grow on Twitch, give them a little bit of it. Give them a little taste, right? A little strategy that is going to teach them how. Make sure during your stream that you tell everyone with all of your content, hey, you can expect Instagram posts at this time, tweets at this time, streams at this time, podcasts this time, YouTube videos at this time, whatever you have to do to get the word out about stuff. Even if that means that you do a one hour just chatting section in the very beginning of your stream and next to you while you're live, you just have the release times for your next content. Whatever that means, just reminding people over and over, not just of your story, not just what you want and asking for what you want, not just sharing your opinions, but remind them that they can get you on other platforms too, because growing as a streamer doesn't have to just happen when you are live. You can grow your content anywhere and receive all the love, all the accolades, all the attention, all the support from people, regardless if you are live or not. You do not have to be a slave to streaming, to Twitch, to Mixer, to any live streaming platform to be able to pay your bills, feel fulfilled, and have a great life. Okay, I love you all so much. Make sure to subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Leave us a review. Please, 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 please. I know you're listening to this like in the car or something. It's probably really hard, but maybe whenever you park, maybe pull over to the side of the road, bro. Maybe you like skip out on that next set for 30 seconds and just leave us a review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts and rate our show. It really helps us. Like it's one of the best things that you can do for the algorithm. If y'all want to help out, I really appreciate it. You'll see that additional episode on Monday. For the time being, if you would like to ask me any questions about streaming and using your stream to blow up your other content or how to grow your stream, tweet at me or post on Instagram stories and tag me for another mini podcast Q&A with me. Okay. All right. I'll see you all next week. I love you so much. Bye.